This is another five-star production. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Scorekeepers Podcast, where we are always keeping the score. I am one of your hosts, Robert. Joining me on this Friday, I have, via the phone, I have Brandon, Stats and Research. Yo. And of course, from Parts Unknown, we have Khalil. Khalil, how you doing? What up? All right, doing so, all right? Now, let's just get into the show right away. Khalil, I know you saw the news that happened this week. Your man finally retired. Again. 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 Yeah. This time he said <laughs> for, for real. Good. Well, for, yeah, for real this time. Not, uh, you know, angling for another job, but actually done, done. Now, if you're... Shocker to me, I guess. I, I, I had him playing at least one more season. Uh, but, I mean, based off of the way that uh, Buccaneers season ended, I, I, I probably would have made that business didn't do too to be like, you know what, it's not worth it. Okay, so you would you would have just well, I mean he he was a free agent. He could have gone anywhere unless the the um the Bucks had franchise tagged him, which I don't think they would have done. Based um, off of their salary yeah, situation, right. he could he could have gone somewhere else. But I mean, I guess if if there's a way he could get to San Fran, that would be like the only like legitimate title contender place that's available, right? At this point, all the other places would be like maybe a small step above the, the the Buccaneers situation, but not necessarily, like, guaranteed, you know, legitimate shot. So I guess, you know, it's not really worth it, especially they got a whole bunch of shit going on in San Francisco. Like, you know, who knows what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, Brandon, I know you've been begging for Tom Brady to retire since the start of the season, correct? So I know you must be uh, – you must come to peace with this now. It doesn't make a difference to me, man. He played far too long. Far too long. How many years past do you think he should? When do you think he should retire after he won the Super Bowl? Yeah. Right off into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice run. Um, but we all do agree, at least right now, because we were talking about this on on the show on Monday. Um, we all do agree that Tom Brady is at least right now the best, considered the best quarterback of all time. No arguments here. Not at all. Yeah, all right. greatest, greatest, greatest quarterback to ever do it. But let's be honest. Do you think there's a chance he pulls a Wolf of Wall Street and says, "Wait, not so fast. I'm coming back." See, that's the thing. Like he said, I mean, he said, "Well, shit." He last time he said it was he was done too, and, he and people believed it. Yeah. Um, I mean, after this, you know, after the Super Bowl and all that, over the summer, you know. He might be like, you know what? Like, I ain't got nothing to do. Fuck it. Let's get back into it. Because, you know, he can, he can wait it out and kind of see. Because, like, I think Tom Brady was one of those big potential free agents. But, like, now that he said he's retired, people are going to start making decisions a lot more easily in terms of what they're going to do in terms of uh, re-signing quarterbacks or how they're going to move around after that. So he might look at something left over and be like, ah, I can help that team. And then say, fuck it. But I don't think so because um, – that Fox broadcasting job, I think he's kind of ready to just, just like full transition and kick that off. So I don't know if he's really willing to come back and play, especially, I mean, you saw this season. He was pretty frustrated on that sideline. Like, I know he had a lot of stuff going on, but 
like football, like him playing football, that wasn't necessarily helping. So I think he's just ready to do the analyst job at this point. Brandon, any chance he tries to make one more comeback, pulls a Brett Favre on us again. He's got $375 million waiting for him at Fox. I hope he's not an idiot. Okay. Well, I mean, even if he comes back, the money ain't left. It's not going anywhere. No timetable whenever he's ready. Um, all right. But let's stick in the NFL. The coaching moves have been made this week. Let's. I'm just going to start off with the, the first big one. Sean Payton's going to the Broncos after the Broncos weren't able to get D'Amico Ryans, who's going to the Texans as their head coach. If I'm correct, Brandon, mm. verify it for me. They gave him a first-round pick this year that they got from the Dolphins for Bradley Chubb, which is their only first-round pick because they traded for Russell Wilson, and they're getting a second-round pick next year, correct? That is correct. And how much are they paying him a year? Supposedly, they're going to make him one of the highest-paid coaches in the league. I believe the highest-paid coach in the league currently is Bill Belichick, who makes like $20 million. Okay. So, um, before I get into his, whether you think he's a good hire or not, just in the asset, because it's basically is a trade, do you feel like Sean Payton is – well, actually, before that, is there any coach in the NFL you think is worth – a first and a second round pick and being paid the highest coach in the league that if you were yeah. owner, you would pay for You can both yeah. just take your turn at it. Who you think would, who you think is Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. End of list. That's it? Yeah. Kalu? Um, yeah, I was, see, I was, I was going to go with uh, the Shanahan's of the world, but like the way Belichick is able to just make any type of mediocre roster playoff worthy is more valuable than I think what Shanahan's doing. Like everything Shanahan's doing is like it has to be perfectly in place. For Belichick, like I'll just take a, a, a random set of bums and we'll, we'll make something happen. Like even if it's not necessarily a good team, like you guarantee they'll be there a wild card weekend. I mean, granted, it didn't happen this time, but like for the most part, you know what I mean? He can make something out of nothing. I think that's more important than, uh, you know, being great with talent already. So I would agree. I'd probably say Belichick would be the only one. All right. So I would agree with Belichick. The only thing I would say is Belichick's age. So if you're trading a first and a second round pick, those are presidents you probably would have on your team at least possibly for up to five years, at least worst case. Um, and so are we sure that he's going to be coaching for the next five years? I don't know. Now, one person I do think you guys did not say and should consider, not Kyle Shanahan, but how about Sean McVay? He's still pretty young. We saw what he can the do. Who's been like in a, like a, a retirement? Mister Wishy Washy. Get out of here. I mean, look, hey, I mean he, he wake up on Monday. He wants to be an NFL coach. He wakes up on Tuesday. He doesn't want to do it anymore. I, I, that shit, that's more scary than he anything. Said, he got his ring. And now he's hey, already hey. contemplating what he wants to do this anymore. He said. He said allegedly he's coming back. That's what the reports are. He said he's coming back. Allegedly, yeah. I mean, it's still yeah, early. But. After the report came out, after the report came out last year, I mean not last year, uh, like a week prior to him saying he's coming back, that he don't know if he want to coach. I'm gonna be. Yeah. Does okay. not want to coach anymore, Which, or he don't want to coach. I mean, that to be fair, I'll say to be fair, that particular Rams situation, they sold their soul for that one. They're like they're gonna be in the mud for a little while, but um, another one that I didn't consider. I mean, I don't know if I'd go off. First, which is kind of disrespectful. But I would take Mike Tomlin. 
Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much I would give up for for Mike Tomlin, but um, like like I said, second game. match, the I would probably, I would probably Belichick. For yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I do first and second for Belichick, but for Tomlin, I don't know if I'd give up that first. But it all kind of really depends on the situation that you're seeing to begin with. All right. So, so I don't know. So based off of that, you guys are your answers. You guys are basically telling me the the Saints made a. I mean, the Broncos made a horrible decision. That's basically what y'all telling me. Absolutely. Sean Payton won't be on that team in three years. You give it three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when Dicka uh, took over the Saints? Yeah, I feel like this might end up being one of those situations. They are. I mean, I guess it it might even be worse because at least Dick uh, he took over the Saints and he he gave up like a bunch of picks for Ricky Williams, which is probably one of the worst trades of all time. But at least like he had Ricky, he had like he was you know back then the running back was basically just as important as a quarterback on your team, and it was like a young mm-hmm. talent. They traded for um, they traded for Russell Wilson, who's right now. I don't even know if people would say he's still a top twenty quarterback. But they paid the price of somebody who's like a top five quarterback for Russell Wilson, so I don't know how that's gonna go. Khalil, are you you don't give it three? Do you give it three years or more than three years for Sean Payton? Um, wow, that's crazy. It is new um, ownership too, so they probably are willing to like. They might have like a long leash with him. They just got. There. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, new ownership, but boy, that Russell Wilson situation is really bad, and sometimes you know. Unless you're unless you're going to reinvent the wheel with Russell Wilson and completely change the offense um, to cater a little bit more to his style at this point, which you know Sean Payton could potentially do, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough to be a winning franchise. I mean, but not for nothing, a lot of the games that they had last season were like low scoring but really close games. But that was more based off of the defense being really good. Uh, but I mean, to be fair, if you put Sean Payton in those situations like they had last season. He probably wins more than half of those games just based off of how great of a coach he is. But I don't know if that's still going to be enough uh, to be a competitive team. So I'd probably say, yeah, I'd probably say three years. And then yeah, after that third one, he might be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm done here. Okay. All right. So they it's going to be his choice. They're going to fire his ass. They're going to fire him? Oh, you think they're going to fire him? Okay. Yeah. No, I think he'd leave. Person, in my opinion, I think he leave. I don't think he, I don't think he stay long enough to get fired. I mean, I didn't. Th- I'll be honest. I didn't think Gruden would last as long as he did in Las Vegas. And I mean, he literally only got kicked out because of some emails and two years. Who Gruden? No, Gruden was there for like three seasons. Was it three? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought he at least made it for three seasons. I mean, literally, they weren't gonna. He wasn't gonna get fired. I mean, he had ten year contract. I know. Uh, he probably would have got fired after that fourth one, and that's low key because the. They gave Oh, you don't think you'd have made to the next year? I think it's terrible. They, they were not. They yeah, were he not coached. Bad. He coached over three years. He coached the 2018. Se- yeah, he coached 2000. It looks like from what I'm saying, he coached 18 season, 19, 20, and then 21. So, hmm. so yeah, he coached. He was there for for three and a half seasons. He really only got fired at the beginning of the 21 season because you we all know why. So. Um, and and he did start the season with a three and zero record, so he probably wasn't gonna get fired that year. Just saying, we don't know. But let's move on. I just stated earlier, D'Amico Ryan's got hired by the Texans. He will now be replacing Lovey Smith. So there's still, if I'm correct, that, right? that one that one broke my heart. Why did that break your heart? 
D'Amico should have took that job. We we know what that job is. The Texans job? That, that's that, that's yeah. That's the place where all blackhead pussies go to die. Oh, I, I don't like it over on. there. That really be I don't like it. I'm Actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I see your logic, but I'm not gonna hold you. I think the Broncos' job was the setup. That is true. That, that is true. But because they don't have like they don't have anything over there. You got no pick. You got a, a quarterback who like half the team probably at, at least I'm pretty sure at least the defense hates that man. And that like you literally had like your your one of your best players on your defense like put hands like on the quarterback. Like you know it's not great. Even like some of the offense like you see him on the sideline talking about he'd be like trying to talk to them boys or whatever and they all just kind of like looking through him like he's Casper. You know what I'm saying? So like I agree, that's not but a great situation. And then you know how it is. Look, bro, they 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 put that on the on on the on the head coach. He would be the fall guy for it after like now they probably like he'd get a pass for the first year. They probably start like looking at him a little sideways in that second year, and probably like that third year they probably fire him. Well, here's here's my only thing about it though. Because even as bad as a job that Hackett did last season, like we knew, like Russell wasn't playing like shit. It wasn't just on on uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and I feel like with the Broncos situation, a lot of their stuff was just based off of bad decision making in terms of coach and who they wanted their future quarterback to be. Which they are under a new regime now, so hopefully things could change around. Houston just seems like they just don't give a damn. They just don't care. And they're just putting any black, any black uh, body out there to go take the fall on, you know, a terrible season, you know, because they're trying to, like, I don't know, maybe angle for better picks or whatever. So that once they get their shit together, they just fire the coach. You're like, oh, well, we sucked anyway. So he had to go type of thing. But, I mean, I, I get it. Like, either way, you're not really winning. But so I, I, think you better- I would say, though, actually, now that I think about mm-hmm. it, the argument could have been made. He was a phenomenal defensive coordinator, and that Broncos defense is like they're they're like a, a Super Bowl caliber defense. They were, I think, they were like top five this year. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and he like he probably could have like done some things with that defense where, and if you just got like like average quarterback play, which might like I'm not you know who knows if that's too much to ask out of Russell Wilson at this stage, but mm-hmm. you know. That maybe that might have been something that that he could have he could have made happen there, at least in that first season, you know. But the only thing about that I would say is that if you, it might be one of those things where maybe he does like enough with that defense. Or I'm not saying they go to the playoffs or anything, but maybe they win like five or six games, like to start, and then like the offense isn't really good enough, so like you don't really ever improve over that and that kind of ultimately is what ends up being his downfall with the Texans they're ass everybody knows they're ass so like they'll probably be ass again next year so it's kind of like if I start and I win two games it's only up from here fair enough that's a fair point and I will say though they do have picks as they did the Watson trade and basically he has a he has a lot less time uh to turn the team around the Broncos, they do have Wilson and their defense, so there might be more pressure to win now, which is probably why they're so desperate and gave up all that for Sean Payton. So just keep that in mind. But let's move on to some other news. I'd like to hear your opinions on some of these other coaching decisions. The first one I'm going to start with, Kellen Moore. 
did they say he got fired or he parted ways? Which one was it? Read the part ways. The part ways. Okay, so they kept it cute. Okay. He left Dallas. He's going now to go coach. He's leaving. He went from Dak Prescott to now he's coaching Justin Herbert. Do you like the move, Khalil, for the Chargers and getting Kellen Moore now to be their offensive coordinator? Um, I I genuinely don't know. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, because I mean the Cowboys situation, like Doc clearly wasn't wasn't helping the whole the whole situation in with uh, his terrible quarterbacking play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do think it probably does help. Uh, considering a lot of the Chargers games were lost because the second half came around and they just had nothing. They couldn't put in any points on the board. Um, so you could potentially get an advantage in that end. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't watch Cowboy games like that to really uh, be able to speculate in terms of how good of a coach he could be. But, I mean, a new hire is, is usually a positive thing. So I'd probably say it's, it's a good choice. Okay, you think we're good. Brandon, how do you feel about killing more to the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers? Um, I mean, Kellen Moore is not like a, a terrible offensive coordinator. I don't think he was like a good coordinator for Dak. Um, but, I mean, if we're talking about like for Justin Herbert, I don't know, man. This is his third OC in, in like three years when was he drafted 2020 yes 2020 draft yeah like and like let's be honest here like if you look at his coordinators that he's had it's um they're not bad coordinators no i mean anthony lynn basically and then who was it was not his offensive coordinator he was his head coach but he was he was calling the place his off but his offensive coordinator is the OC in, with the Eagles, the current Eagles OC, Shane Steichen, who made another quarterback in that 2020 draft class look pretty damn good. Might might have a case for Offensive Player of the Year. Has a, like, you know, made, I mean, he's not going to win it, but he has an MVP case. Oh, Steichen is the um, OC Steichen. for the Eagles? Yep. Thinking. Ah. Uh, his first year. Yeah. See, and I, God, I don't want to do the thing of hating on 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 that, Herbert because like. Go oh, ahead, y'all do it every Joe week. Lombardi. Go ahead. Joe Lombardi was his OC uh, this year. Joe Lombardi is a is a highly thought of OC. Like, if you want, like, I can read you his resume. I oh mean, he has. Yeah. I, <laughs> He had two back-to-back seasons. He went 12-40 games to the Chargers. Joe Lombardi, Joe Lombardi started. He got his – like, I'll start with quarterback coach. He got his first quarterback coach job in 2009. He was a quarterback coach of the Saints from 2009 to 2013. Drew Brees, pretty good. Maybe you want to give that to Drew Brees. Fine. I right, like – that's okay. He was the offensive coordinator. He left that job, became the OC of the Detroit Lions. In his first season, they went 11-5. and five. 
then it looked like uh, 2015. Looks like, oh, he got fired. Yeah, they, that was uh, that was not a good year for them. 2015. I think that was the year they won like two games. Um, they weren't very good. Um, and he went back to New Orleans. Was the quarterback coach from 16 up to 20. Became the OC of the Chargers the last two years. Nine and eight, ten and seven. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't want to do the thing where I'm bragging on on Justin Herbert because I feel like I've done that enough. But I'm just saying, three three years, three three OCs, so something's in the water. Something's in the right. I, I, like, you know, it's one thing like, oh, the coaches must it, but like, they're all things with coordinators can't connect with the court, with the quarterback. Something's not right there. Uh, I mean, look, this doesn't have to be like, Justin Herbert is trash or anything like that. But basically, I'm just trying to get to. I don't think the offensive coordinator is a problem. Like, it, it might just be that this is what Justin Herbert is. But he might be tapped out. Already in year, after year three? You really already why want to go there? Why does that have to, like, why is that such a shock? Because we've seen quarterbacks, we can even make argument now, most quarterbacks don't even hit their prime until they're basically in their 30s, early but 30s. But your prime, your, your prime, your prime is like, a, it's, it's specifically like, age range it doesn't necessarily mean like that's when you are expected to play your best however i could give you i could give you a laundry list of players in multiple sports who like the best that you ever see them maybe it's in in college maybe it's in high school maybe it's in maybe it's their first few years in the nfl in their in their professional sport Maybe maybe they're not very good for their first like two, three, four years, and you know year five, six, seven. Like it's every person's different. And Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, I'm not gonna go as as far to like, I'm not gonna go and take it like social media quarterback like Emmanuel Acho, because he's like just doing that to be like low key a hater. But like that's not, like the sentiment behind that that term is like he he looks like how you want a quarterback to look as far as like his stature like he's big he's you know he's he, he he's he's sturdy he's what like probably like 230 i think he's like six five like he's a big dude he's got a big arm and like those are the kinds of things you're looking for in your quarterback but like he he might be brett Favre. like brett Favre was great like he's a hall of famer like there's nothing wrong with that but brett Favre, you know you, you had some good moments, and you also had a lot of, like, like really kind of scratching your head. Like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, this was the end of Brett Favre, but, like, how about, like, the Jets? And, like, he wasn't even playing that badly that year. Like, I, he was pretty decent from what I remember. He literally crossed the Jets, the, 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 the playoffs. He threw, like, three pick sixes in the fourth, like, three picks in the fourth quarter, including a pick six to Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor. Like, that's just, like that might be like what you got to do with Justin Herbert. You just got to live with it. Like, he's got a big arm. He doesn't make the best decisions. Like you know, so or he'll you know he kind of he likes to gamble a little bit. He thinks he's he's got a big enough arm to fit it in the window. 
That happens to some people. But you can't, I'm sorry, like, you, you can't look at that list. Like, if you want to fire Brandon Staley, like, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. He's trash. He needed to get fired two years ago. But you can't look at the list of his coordinators. Brandon Staley's a defensive coach. I don't care if he's a head coach. He ain't working with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's play is not his responsibility. Those offensive coordinators that you're looking at, those are good. Like, those first two are good coordinators. They're well-respected coordinators. Like, Joe Lombardi will not be out of a job for very long. Is it in the NFL? Is it in college? I have no idea. But if he wants a job, he'll get one. No problem. And, and you, like I said, you see what Steichen's doing. With a quarterback who was in Justin Herbert's class. Okay. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it. We're seeing it right now With, in real time. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So a well, lot of people didn't, like, let, uh, you know what they were saying about Justin Herbert, or just Jalen Hurts. Wasn't it's not like they were saying that dude is the second coming? All right, look, we're there gonna, was a lot of a lot of knocks on Jalen Hurts. We're, we're gonna leave. Tyson has him looking like an MVP candidate. We're gonna leave Justin Herbert alone just for a little bit. He's out the playoffs. Y'all can y'all can take some time away from Justin Herbert. We'll we'll get back to it later, at least by free agency or the draft. All right, you can you can leave him alone for now. All right, I got one more coaching hire I want to talk to y'all about. Uh, okay. The Dolphins are allegedly had agreed to terms with Vic Vangio. But then Vic Vangio then told like Michael Silvers and another reporter that he hasn't agreed to anything yet. So, you two obviously we're all Dolphins fans here. Do you think one are you concerned that Vangio is actually going to come here or not? And two, are you worried that he does not come here? Are you fine with another replacement? Brandon, you can go first. I'm fine with. Um, I would like Fangio. Um, I'm not. I'm not concerned that he won't come. I think he will. Um, but if he doesn't come, there there are other coordinators out there that I like that I'll be that'll be very happy with. Hello. Um, I agree. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think. We have to worry about him flipping and this, or I mean, not flipping. I guess he never actually made it official. But um, I do think he is still going to wind up landing with the Dolphins. Uh, I also agree with Brandon in terms of if we don't get like he probably would be my highest candidate. Um, but if we don't get him, uh, we should we should still be able to get another suitable replacement. So I'm not necessarily um, too worried about it. All right. Well, I'm not that worried about it. But I don't like I don't like seeing that you agreed to something and it was from like a very credible source and then you come back and you're like, eh, I ain't really agreed to none yet. So it is definitely something to look out. But all right, that anybody have any other coaching news before I get into basketball? Anything they want to touch on? Nope. Nope. Really. We'll leave. All right. So I guess we'll be seeing the coaching news going forward. Wait, wait a minute. We're not gonna talk about the Pro Bowl, flag football. No. I call me back when you're done with that. <laughs> you're going to make sure you don't spend one minute of watching it on Sunday. I might make you watch it on Sunday. You can't escape me. I will not be watching the Pro Bowl. Okay. It's black football. They try, they're trying something different. I'm just saying. All right. So we'll leave that alone. Um, Now we're going into the NBA. So the trade deadline is what? Next week, Thursday, right? If I'm correct. So we're literally less than one week away by the time you're hearing this on Friday. Um, I 
me and Brandon actually did come up with a topic that we want to talk about, which is what was it, Brandon? Overrated trade assets? Overvalued trade assets. Are we doing all time or you want to do just currently right now? I mean, we can do currently if you want, and then maybe like sprinkle in some, you know, good old classic favorites. Okay. So you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? It's up to you. You're all running the right, I'll show. Gi- all right. I'll give Hold you. Hold on. A- let me let me let me get this straight. You're saying uh, most overrated trade, um, overvalued, overvalued, Basically, overvalued. Yes. In the sense of like people are making them more important as uh, more important than they actually are in terms yes. of the trade uh, prospect. Yes. Okay. Of what of what I'll allegedly be required for them to get traded for Brandon, you can give them the example. Go ahead. I'll give you an example. For years, it was probably it was like probably like two or three years. Like JJ Hickson was like. Like LeBron, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, that's yeah. probably yeah. And if you and if and if we were going to trade him, like I need everything, everything you got. Got it. Okay, but we're only doing it based off of this current season. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. You want to kick it up, kick us off, Robert? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first one that I have that I was going to go with, um, well. I literally was about to, I had him picked and then surprisingly this week he signed the extension. But Miles Turner. I mean it could still happen. But like Miles Turner was probably That's the first like, one I thought of. <laughs> Miles Turner has should have been traded like three years ago. Why why has like the Pacers been holding on to him? They even traded Sabonis before they traded him. Now look, they got Tyrese Halliburton, so I'm not hating on it. But like I don't know why they're they're so keen on holding on to Miles Turner. He should easily be on like the Warriors or the Celtics by now. From like two years ago. It's ridiculous. He's not worth that much. So that that's the first one I got. I guess me and Brandon might go back and forth, and Clee can get in there, uh, come with some names anytime you want. But I know Brandon, I know your next one, so you can go ahead, take it away. Well, Miles Turner is weird because like it's a, every time I've heard them like talk about trades, like I don't really ever understand what the hangup was. Well, rather it I don't like so the Celtics was like the popular one for like two years, but it just it seemed like I guess the holdup was the Celtics. I think it was like the Celtics didn't want to. To I think it was a player. I can't remember who it was. Oh, Marcus Smart. I think it was. They didn't want to trade like Marcus Smart for him, which I wouldn't either. Like that's fine. But I, you know, usually you can like go pivot somewhere else. And I just, I don't know, man. I don't understand that. But anyway, my uh, my first one and. Um, We'll see, because I actually heard a report today that it seems that his team has has uh, come to the realization that they can't get what they want for him, so they'll lower the asking price. But John Collins. Definitely John Collins. John Collins is definitely on that list. It's ridiculous. He's not – come on now. At max, he's like a first-round pick and a highly, highly, highly protected first. That turns into two seconds. It's ridiculous. For sure, for sure. I mean, he's a solid player. You know, I, I've talked about. It. I do like John Collins. Um, I think John Collins could help Miami, but that's that's like a like that's. I'll give you like my salary filler, and I'll give you like a protect. I'll give you like a lottery protected first. That's it. Okay, that's fair enough. All right. Do you well? Since it's my turn, I'm probably gonna take the one that you, I thought you were gonna use. But um, obviously, we've talked about it a lot. OGN and Obi. That's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
three first like right. allegedly they are, they want like what three first round picks for OG and Obi. That's kind of come on now. Let's be serious here. Nice player, but he's basically like a high level three and D player. He's not changing the I mean, tide that much. I I wouldn't. I, well, one, I don't think he's like super highly overvalued. Three first round uh, picks is not overvalued. Do you know what level of talent you're then talking about? I think, I think he's overvalued. I just said I wouldn't. I don't think he's like super overvalued. Like I would, I would stop it too. I would. Give I was just about to. Yeah, I was just gonna say two first rounds doesn't seem too far. I off. wouldn't do the three. I'm giving you and a first and a pick reason, swap. The only reason I would, I would say. Because the only reason I'd go with two, because like a player like OG and nobody, um, that's it. the only teams that are going to be interested in him, in him are contenders, obviously, and then like those like fringe teams, like you know that that you know four, five, six, seven, yeah, depend, like maybe maybe like eight or even nine, and like the East is fairly close. Uh, so like a, a fringe team like that. That that maybe maybe like OG and Obi they need like like okay so like the Heat for example they need a four desperately yes. so like yeah I would do two first round picks for OG and Obi but you know it it so I don't think it's 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 crazy to ask that three I, I think and we'll see ultimately it, it sounds like he might actually get moved um, supposedly the Suns are the favorite James Jones and uh, Masai Ujiri had a little walk down the tunnel. Uh, the other night, maybe they were discussing that deal. Um, so who we'll, gets so traded we'll from up. there? Like who who are they give, who are they um, giving up? I heard the package is it's Cam Johnson and somebody else. I forgot. Damn. Is it is it so they're keeping McCall Bridges? Yeah, they wouldn't trade Bridges. It was Cam Johnson, somebody else. Holy shit! If you Fill up the time while I look. I'll find it for you. Okay, I'm kind of interested in that trade. I mean, I I don't think he's a bad fit there, but they're so then that basically means their starting lineup is when healthy: Paul Booker, Mikhail Bridges, OG Ananobi, and DeAndre Ayton. I guess Kalu. I don't think that's a bad trade considering they're probably then gonna trade Chris Paul at some point because that that point that's more of a youth movement, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, in terms of like getting a younger player, it, I, I mean, if you're the Suns, what else do you have to lose at this point? Um, I think the Chris Paul experiment worked just as well as it should have, but you know you can't win them all. But I think it's time to move on and look forward to something else at this point. Yeah, that's a lot of salary too, because I think all those dudes for the most part were drafted around the same time. I mean, Booker is drafted a little bit um, earlier, but Macau. OG and Aiton, I think they're like a couple of they're literally like a couple of drafts uh between each other. So uh, that's that's kinda a little interesting to me. Did you ever find out who it was, Brandon, or you're still looking? Um, I'm still looking, but I think the reason why I'm not gonna find it, um is I, I think it was a video I saw it in. Shams had said it in a video, so he did not Would it be it, I'm assuming it's Jay Crowder's salary? Was not Jay Crowder, I don't believe. Well, his salary would have to go out because how much does how much does OG make if you're giving him uh, Cam OG Johnson? 17, OG seventeen million. It was uh, 
Cam Johnson, I believe, is in the like the five million dollar range. He's like a top ten pick. Yeah, or so, maybe like. Yeah, so somebody else has to go. I mean, I'm kind of surprised. I know somebody. Maybe it was Dave Crowder. I could have been wrong. I could be. I could just be. Could be wrong. Maybe it was Jay Crowder. That that salary makes the most sense. But okay. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, I can't seem to find it. If I find it later, I'll let you know. But did I save that tweet? Maybe I didn't even look. You can't see. It. Okay. Awful podcasting, by the way. All right. Awesome. Well, do you have another player that you want to add onto the overrated list, or do you want me to go again? Um, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, you go ahead and go. Because I am, I'm trying to see if I can find it. Okay, I don't think you can find it, but good. All right, so the next person I have, Khalil, I think this player should be traded based off of where their team is at, and also, I think he has, I think he has some value, but I feel like his team thinks he's just a little bit more valuable than he actually is. And the player I'm going with is a uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> no, this is coming. His trade value is just a just a tad bit too high for me. I'm sorry, not on that team. I mean, like if they like realistically, if Toronto come to you and they're like, "Yo, we'll give you Pascal Siakam for like Jaron Jackson, like maybe a pick," I think they should take that trade in a heartbeat. I don't even think they should even think about it. He he's a good player. Obviously, he has some value. He's still young, but he's had some injury issues for most of his career. And I don't really feel like we 100% know where, how he's going to pan out. I do know I think this year now he's being considered as, like, a defensive player of the year. He's, like, a good defender to me. I don't think he's – obviously, but I just feel like right now his value is just a little bit overrated for what he for what he contributes, um, especially – he did get his, his contract extension, if I'm correct. Right, Brandon? Yes, he did. But it wasn't, like, eight and money, or was it the same as eight and money? No, I believe he got he actually got uh, the Joel and B contract. Oh, based off his injuries, right? Yeah, it's like for the full I believe it is for the full max, um, that he can get baby max. It just has the uh, like injury protections. In, yeah, injury protections. So um but he's an interesting one. I do like that. I, I like uh, that you brought him up because I think Obviously, we ha- he hasn't really come up too much in trade discussions. There was, like, a little bit of rumors prior to him signing the extension because uh, he hadn't really hit the floor yet. So it was a question of whether Memphis would be willing to pay him. Mm. Um, all rumors. That's it. I don't think it was ever anything too serious. More like whispers. Um, but I think it's – I do I do agree with you because I think it seems that Memphis values him in a way that they won't trade him at all. And I think Memphis, we we kind of talked about Memphis on, on Sunday as, as far as, like, you, you know, y'all hate them or whatever because they be doing all that talking or whatever. But in all seriousness, their team, I think, is, is right there on the cusp. And I think they like that, comp, that, that talking trash, that confidence that they do have, um, I think can help them a lot. But I just think they're, they're a piece short. And I think Jaron Jackson is the guy they should use to go get that piece. Um, and the number one person I would have on on my board if I was running that show would be Pascal Siakam. Cool. Hell, I'd probably even I'd I'd probably even trade for OG Ananobi to be honest. I think he he would probably. Wait, you would trade team. you would trade Jaron Jackson for OG Ananobi, or you try to get both of them? No, no, no. I would I would trade Jaron Jackson for Ivan. It's just a matter of. So for me, 
Well, Jared Jackson, I think, makes a little bit, like, a little too much money. So, you'd have, like, you could probably, oh, actually, I know the deal they should do. Jesus Christ. They should probably go do Jaron uh, Jackson and Dylan Brooks for uh, OG Ananobi and Gary Trent. Off the top of my head, I think that works salary-wise. I can I can double check that, but okay. um, that that at the very least, if that those salaries don't match up completely, that should definitely be like the framework of the deal. And you know, if you got to add like a guy or two for for salary filler, then, then fine. But um, yeah, I, I just think that he's a he's a guy that that they should be using to go get their their next their, like their next big piece. All right. Um, I don't know how I feel about him for OG Ananobi. I I could see Pascal. I don't know. I just not. I'm not too sold on OG Ananobi. I think he's a nice player, but I haven't seen him do nothing special in the playoffs. So I'm not. Well, worried. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and uh, OG stats for this year. They're almost virtually the same player. Um, they're both averaging about 17 points a game. And, well, Jaron Jackson Jr. is putting up more rebounds again, so about seven. That, it would go on a smaller sample size, right, because you said that he was kind of on and off this year with, with injuries. Mm. No, he's not a very good rebounder, like, for his size. He, he doesn't see that. Well, well, he's uh, he's averaging around seven, which is more than OG, because OG is only averaging around six. But he's like a wing. Uh, he's like, he's, I'm not mistaken, six, seven. Yeah, OG is six, seven. Um and Jaron Jackson Jr. six ten, so I mean, yes. I guess and I, I might be a rubber. I think if you do, if you are gonna move Jaron Jackson, you probably want to shoot for more of a Pascal instead of an OG. Ooh. Um, I would shoot for the Pascal because Pascal mm-hmm. gives you he gives you another guy in the playoffs that I could you know here take the ball go go make something happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like definitely that would that would be ideal, but I I don't think I don't think Memphis needs that much. Like I would rather hold. Like I guess what I'm saying is like it's not even like I'm not even hearing like Jaron Jackson for OG. Like no 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 no. We need to get a little more than that. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Dylan Brooks. Uh, did he just re- he just he just resigned um on a contract right? Was it last season? No, he has a he, he's an expiring. They gotta pay him. Oh, he's an expiring? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? What you what, what you think they're gonna trade him? I mean, I've been thinking. He no, I don't been... think they. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're gonna trade him. But I mean, if if I was Memphis, I'd probably. Oh, you put him in trade. See what I can get for him. I'd probably see what I can get for him as well. To be I, honest with you. But How about this trade? I got you. I just plugged it in the trade machine. Really quick here, live for you. Uh, Memphis can go get if they can trade Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks. Their salaries send out that's about forty million dollars, a little more than that. Uh, to Toronto, and they probably send like you could probably send like a first round pick. I don't think you need more than that. Maybe a swap, but uh, they receive OG Ananobi. Gary Trent and Kem Birch. You like Kem Birch, if I'm correct, right? You were kind of high on him. He's a solid player. He's I, a solid I player. Like him more. 
Dwayne Dedman. You like a lot of <laughs> players more than Dwayne Dedman. I think I'm pretty sure we can name like ten play, ten backup centers in the league. Some probably don't even play on their rotation. Who you probably like over Dwayne Dedman? The, the the list of those centers I don't like more than Dwayne Dedman is a lot shorter than the list of centers I do. Okay, so we know that for a fact. Um, do you have? Did you have any other player that you wanted to speak of that was overrated? I do. I have one more. Go ahead. If, if you have the time, go, please go ahead. There, well, there were actually a couple I was kind of thinking of. Um, we got just get your stuff off, bro. Go crazy. Oh wait, hold on. God damn it! I just forgot who he was. Oh holy shit! Oh, this is awful. So you had the player and you just forgot the player. Now, in full disclosure, I had the player like five minutes ago. But when I started to make the trade, I totally forgot who he was. <laughs> wow. What a guy. All right. So you don't have nothing to do Did he talk about the trade deadline? I, like, it's somebody who, like, might actually get traded, though. So. Who? Well, go ahead. Didn't say it then. No, like, I just re- I remember that about the player. It was oh, you remember that he was. might get traded, but you're not sure you don't like, remember exactly the player right oh, now. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember right now. Um, cool. Is there anybody that you think might get traded, at least from what you've been keeping up with basketball? I know you've been watching a lot this year because you're focused on football lately. Um, not really. Um, in terms of like who I think might legitimately get traded, yeah. Um, I have been hearing some rumblings about Cam Reddish, who I mean, I personally am, am, am a fan of Cam Reddish. I don't think he got a fair shake. Ah! I remember who he is. It wasn't Cam Reddish. It was no. not. But okay. Cam Reddish is a little bit overvalued. They've been trying to trade him for like two years. No, he, did, <laughs> he did get traded for two years. So he did get yeah, traded. Yeah, he got traded to the, to the – Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. My bad. Totally forgot. You know, I feel like Cam Reddish is one of them dudes, and I might be wrong, but I do feel like he just might not be in the right team. Teams. I agree. Say. I would love to take him on the heat, but, like, look, Cam Reddish is the guy – He's the dude you trade for the highly protected second round pick that you never get. That's what I'd give you for Cam Reddish. I'd make the trade. I'm surprised more teams yeah. aren't trying to are inquiring about him. I would definitely do that for him. Jimmy well, I believe it. supposedly the asking price is two second round picks. I, I believe that's what the last. For Cam Reddish. Mattered. Yeah. I mean, didn't the Knicks give up a first for him? Or no? Was yeah, it they I believe they gave up a first. I think they did. I think. No, granted, these teams do know these players. So, I mean, it was kind of – it was a little surprising um, Atlanta was just willing to give them up, and I don't think they gave up much for him anyway. I believe so, the Knicks traded the first for him and never, like, they didn't play him last year. They barely – they played him. They played him a little bit last year. They But, uh, you know, their coach wasn't a big fan of his um, defense, which is interesting because when – from correct, he wasn't a bad defender when he came out of college, when he came out of Duke. So I'm kind of surprised. Mm, no, nah, like the, the idea of him as a defender is better than the actual product. They they kind of like his size, his wingspan. They're like, yeah, he could be a, a good defender, but like he wasn't like setting the league on fire. Okay, I hear you. All right, I, I do have the player though. Go ahead. I love this one. Go ahead. Florida. Matisse Thybul. Yeah, Matisse Thybul. What what trade value does he have? What the hell? Well, apparently now, the uh, the Warriors won him. That's what I heard. 
What? Warriors are supposedly interested in him. He can't shoot. I don't know. What are they, they can't put him and Draymond on the floor together. What are they going to do with that? This one might this, – this covers two categories. Like, you could put it in now, but you could also do that one as, like, kind of of the past because, boy, the amount of trades the Sixers could have made if they had just included Matisse Seibel. Now look at him. <laughs> what what trade did they Don't not want to – remind me, what trade they did they not want to make because of Matisse, Matisse Seibel? Take the pick. Take the pick. Every trade that the there was, uh, I believe they were in the Lowry Lowry sweepstakes. Didn't want to include Matisse Thibel. Okay, uh, that is true. I believe they didn't want to include Matisse Thibel in the in the the James Harden thing, which you know, like I guess ultimately it didn't really matter. Because uh, like, oh, I mean, I guess like Matisse Thibel would have been like another asset, but like he's not an asset now anyway. So like, if you trade him to the to the to the Nets form, like, who fucking cares? Like, you don't play him anyway. Um, actually, I'm not going to lie. The Nets probably dodged a bullet up on that one. Having him and Ben Simmons on the same team? Jesus mm. Christ. <laughs> uh, they had, um, what's it called? Weren't they, weren't they interested in, um, in Buddy Heald before he got traded? Didn't want to trade Matisse Seibel in that. Yeah, they probably should have made that trade. Even though, but the funny part is, like, he's uh, they should have traded him last year because he's playing actually even surprisingly enough, playing worse this year than he was last year by only averaging three points a game. But hey, you know, there's more spacing on the floor than he had last year, so I'm kind of surprised. Um, by the way, Buddy Hills won too. He should be on the list of people whose trade value has been overvalued a little bit over the years. Maybe it's not fully his fault because some of his teams won't make the trade, but, I mean, come on. Like, um, he's a starter now in, in with the Pacers over the rookie, but, I mean, it's probably only a matter of time. Maybe not this year, but at least by starting next year. I'm pretty sure Ben's going to take take that, that starting spot from him. Good shooter, though. Give him that, but just a tad bit overrated, in my opinion. I'll give it to you. Um, I'll give it. Is there anybody else before I complain about Heat fans as my final thoughts? I don't have anybody. You can you can go ahead, brother. All right, Cole. You want to do final thoughts first, or or you want to actually do a different uh, rotation this time? Um, I guess I'll get mine out the way first because I ain't got nothing to say anyway. Um, oh, actually, uh, Pat, brother, I let it slide a couple of times. But you gotta make a move this time around. Oh come! What are you talking about? Pat Riley? Pat Riley? Yes, you gotta make a move. This ain't final thoughts. This is a full segment. Hold on. Wait. 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 What? This? Why does he need to make a move this this year? Explain that to me. Because I'm I'm tired of oh our our heat team has not changed at all. We're just gonna run it back again. I can't do it anymore. I need I need new faces. I need new jersey numbers. I need new people to cheer for. I can't do it with Kyle Lowry and fucking podcast man over there sitting on the bench giving me nothing. I can't do it no I more. I mean, he's hurt right Yeah, now. you got to get him out. He's just hurt right now. Yeah, he, what's new? Mm-hmm. He's always hurt. You got one that's hurt, and you got one sitting out with personal issues, which, again, prayers and God bless. But, brother, you got to show up to work. Give me something. <laughs> All right, look. I mean, uh, he, look. He, he, watch, he watch more Heat games than I do. Okay, look. He plays for the goddamn I'm gonna, team. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Do I think the Heat this is this roster is like good enough to win a championship? In my opinion, probably not. But do I think this roster is probably. that much far off? Huh? 
probably. I don't know why you said probably. Like you know, you know what the real is. Come on, man. Okay. But no well, let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. It's the same roster. It's basically the same roster they had last year, and they literally are like a three point shot away from the finals. Now, do I think that's gonna? Do I think it's gonna happen this year? No. But I don't think they're as far off as people say they are. If I am the Heat personally, and this was my issue with Heat fans, just chill off of Pat Riley, okay? Like some of y'all Heat fans, remember, y'all are Dolphins fans at the same time. The Heat have a much better track record than the Dolphins. The Heat don't need to make desperation moves. They were just in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, okay? They went to the Finals two years ago, okay? They, for the it's most not, part, it's not a it's not a desperation move though. It's it's okay. It's, let's, let's get let's, better. We let's, clearly let's, need to get better. It's not a desperation move. Yeah. Like you could say, like yes, you need to get better. Like we can all see that. You watch. Uh, you know, I, Pat Riley, Eric Bosa, the front office, I'm, they all know that. But who are you going to get and at what cost? Because like, I'll tell it. you right now, I, I, uh-huh. like, you were, they were, like everybody was out here banging, you know, banging, knocking down the door for Donovan Mitchell. Like, I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he would be great on that team. Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs are like a game, like a game ahead of Miami. And, like, you can't even look at that. Ro- like, I could actually argue that the Cavs roster is better than the Heat roster. So, like, you know, like, with a big three of, of Mitchell, Mitchell, uh, Jim, and Jimmy have been great and exciting and fun. Yeah, absolutely. They would have been talked about as being contenders. Would they, like, could they be at the top of the East if that trade happened? Yeah, it's entirely possible. But you're looking at that, like, you look where Donovan Mitchell actually went. And while he is playing phenomenal and he is a starter, he's going to be a starter uh, in the All-Star game, the fact of the matter is that the team he went to with Darius Garland, with Evan Mobley, with Jared Allen, they got, you know, I think Karis LeVert is, like, a little overrated, but he's not playing He's not playing poorly. Off oh, he's definitely, he's definitely on my list of people who's over, whose trade value has been overvalued, personally. Just saying. Yeah, there you go. Crossover segment. Keep, keep. Uh, but you're right. He's not playing poorly. Like, they, they certainly have more depth than the Heat at, um, at this point. They're like a game ahead of the Heat. Well, in regards to that Cleveland team, um, I think it's fair to say that a lot of that young talent still has time to develop into what what they should be or what we want them to be in terms of being better. And I also had Cleveland as a middle-of-the-road team also. Like, I had them being like a 5-6 seed uh, before the season started um, also. So I wasn't necessarily going crazy over that. But in terms of, like, this particular Heat team, like, I know what I'm getting. Um, and, like, last season was great. We were making all of our threes. It was perfect. Everything was beautiful. But, like I said, Mr. Imposter Syndrome, which I don't know what I'm going to get out of him, and then Kyle Lowry, who's hurt every two weeks, a, a move has to be made. I understand. I understand, like, uh, you know, we were a shot away, like you were saying, from going to the finals. But part of the reason why that was happening is because I had Duncan Robinson out there who can't play defense or make a three, and then I had Kyle Lowry who played, like, half the series because he was banged up. They ha- I, like, yeah, they ha- I feel like you've you got to make some type of move to get better. I don't want to do the run it back with this team again because it's going to wind up being probably a worse result this year than it was last year running it back with this same squad. I feel like I know what I'm going to get out of this. But all I'm on, with you. I'm, all, I'm with you as far – go ahead, Ron. No, go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. I'm with you as far as making the move. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But like I said, it's about who you get and at what cost. Back to Donovan Mitchell – like, even if we get Donovan Mitchell, what has been the problem with this team? Three-point shooting, 
and and rebounding because because I'm starting a, a six foot four power forward, like six four two hundred pounds at, at at the power forward. Donovan Mitchell don't help you with either of those. You know what I'm saying? So and I'm I keep talking about Donovan Mitchell because like not necessarily in reference to you, but you know he Twitter out there. I see it. Yeah, out here getting on Pat Riley. Every time Donovan Mitchell, you know, scores like 30 or whatever, like, oh, I could have had him. You know what I'm saying? Tyler Hero goes like, you know, six for 17 from the field. Oh, we could have had Donovan Mitchell. Like, he doesn't he doesn't help you. Like, he doesn't solve the, the issues that this team has faced. And so it's a matter of, like, you look at it. Quite honestly, I think the best trade that he should make, and I think it's the most realistic trade they should make, you take Kyle Lowry. You send them over to the Clippers, and they got like they got three to four dudes in that like they got like four I think in that ten to sixteen million dollar range salary. You could pair any two of them together: Norm Powell, Marcus Morris, uh, Luke Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Luke Kennard, uh, Norm Powell, Nick Batum. Like any combination of those four will probably be the best, most realistic trade you could make because they'll get yourself a four that you could start. And you'll get yourself some some shooting and defense. So, and I, like that's not exciting. That's not sexy. Um, I quite honestly, I, I mean, I think Heat fans might be they might be kind of mad about that trade because Kyle Lowry. Okay, Kyle Lowry's gone, but like, oh, I got Marcus Morris. Like, okay. Then, yeah, he he fans generally probably would be big uh, mad about that trade because. To your point, I think Heat fans are looking for, like, a big blockbuster, big name. Like, oh, wow, you know, Pat Riley pulled the Houdini trick and managed to get somebody. Like, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for, like, a, 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 a middle-of-the-road star type name to add to the roster. I'm not necessarily looking for that. I'm looking for for players that can actually fill up the holes that our team has that can just make us competitive. You know what I mean? That That's really, really what I'm looking for. Um, so, like, that trade that you just mentioned in terms of the trade with the Clippers, like, yeah, it's not necessarily the prettiest of trades, but it is something that can actually make, I feel like, would be, would make our team better. I'm willing to do that. My thing is, you know, it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I'd rather make the trade and actually try for something than do the, oh, we got nothing, we're just going to run it back again and hope that Kyle Lowry can make a couple of shots in the playoffs, even though he's a notoriously bad playoff player. And then you got the guy that you're paying all the damn money to to make threes. He can't do that either. Like I, I'm, I'm ready to move on from this experiment. Is all I'm trying to say. Because when, especially when you have people like Jimmy Butler, like, you know, how many more seasons are we gonna have where he's putting the entire team on his back and carrying them through the playoffs? That, that's my my only thing about it. Like, I I know Pat Riley can make make the moves. I just want him to actually make the moves. I don't want him to sit on his hands and just let let it go by uh, because he doesn't want to make any type of transactions. That's just me, though. So. What I I keep trying to get to, it's not about he doesn't want to. It's you got to consider the cost. Like, I'll give you the example. A lot of Heat Twitter wants them to go trade three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. We talked about it here in this episode and in the past. That's utterly ridiculous. Like, we're not – I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. You see what I'm saying? It's not about want to. It's like you got to consider the cost. Because, for example, okay – you sure, like maybe I could trade the three first round picks for OG and Nobi now, fine. Or I could wait till the off season, and Pascal Siakam might be available because for the last like three years, he and Nick Nurse apparently can't stand each other. 
and he's gonna and he has after this season he has a year left on that contract. So like now, now to the off season is kind of right about the time where you're like, could he be available? And so it's, it's kind of like you, you know, you don't want to be too patient, but you also you also don't want to like not have have anything any bullets in the chamber when it's showtime. You know what I'm saying? I understand. It, it's, and, and we, like, did this, we did we did this we did this last season of okay we'll we'll make any trades during the season we'll wait till free agents free up and we saw how that turned out is my only concern about that. But again, it's like it wasn't the right move. Donovan Mitchell, like I said, is not the right move. But like I said, you could what I would give you this what I would what I would say to you to, to I guess console you in your time of concern. Pat Riley has been doing this with the Heat organization since 1996, since both you and I have been alive on this earth. And I believe, I could be wrong, but Robert, they have only missed the playoffs six times, maybe five. Since Riley took over? Since Riley took over. I think it's been five or six times. It's wrong. I think it's around five. It's, I, I remember it, has, it hasn't been that many times. The last time was the year that they almost made the playoffs. And that's the year they end up yeah. being bam. So it's like five. They've been to they've won three championships in that time. And they've been to what, six? Uh no, five finals? Yes. I think five finals and like another two extra conference finals. So two or three. Five finals and seven conference finals mm. in that time. They've been successful. It's a it's a plan that works. Like Riley knows what he's doing. Give him the benefit of the doubt. That's all I'm saying. All right. I agree with that. Fair enough. All right. But I do, since you did bring up some trade, you know, you did bring up, you know, you're not necessarily saying we got to make like a superstar trade or whatever. I do have a couple of trades I sent back and forth with me and Robert earlier this week. I want to see maybe some of these might interest you, if you don't mind. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I got the first one here um it's a three-team trade the heat get terry rosier and pj washington the hornets get marcus morris robert covington and a protected first the clippers get kyle lowry um uh yeah uh yeah that, that could work we've been we've uh what is pj because um, we've been doing the PJ Washington thing for a while too. I know. Yes. Remember, I remember we were trying to get him last year also. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just take a quick look. I just want to see now. Rozier. I mean, you know about Rozier. Rozier. Yeah. At scoring off the bench, he could be a little streaky. I believe he, he had a rough night. I think it was last night. He was like four seventeen, four eighteen, something like that. Rough club against the Bucks. Um, you know, like against a team like the Bucks, they're big, they're long. He's Terry Rozier is not the tallest player. I don't believe he's even six feet. Um, so offensively can be rough, but defensively he does bring it. He is, like I said, he's a diminutive guard though, so you're not going to have a whole lot of position versatility there when it comes to defense. But he does, uh, you know, he brings it for somebody of his size. The energy, like, kind of like a Gabe Vincent, you know, like it's the energy's there, the the the, the desire to want to, the aggression. The lock in, all that is there about him. 
P.J. Washington, I like him. Uh, he can shoot it a little bit. He rebounds well, uh, fairly well for his position. Um, I think that's one of those where I, I think the Heat can make him more than he can. That would be kind of like a little bit of an investment there uh, towards the future. Yeah, he's averaging uh, 15 this season and 6'8". I, I, like, I like the idea of that trade. I think that that would be – see, that's what I'm saying. Like, something like that, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you're able – now, granted, I know trade machine isn't the most active stuff or whatever, but if you're able to come up with something like that, like, that, that's what I'm looking for. Little piece here, little piece there. I'm just ready to move out the – it's not necessarily about the talent. It's just, like, I know what Tyler is going to give me in the playoffs at this point. With all due respect, like it, it ain't enough. And the experiment with Duncan Robinson, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on with that. I ain't got time for the brother to be on the court acting like he don't know where he at. That, that's my thing. I'm just, I'm just ready to try some other smaller pieces, not necessarily like I said, going for a star, but just some smaller um, pieces that can actually legitimately make an immediate impact on my team, as opposed to dude sitting on the, on the, on the bench watching the game like everybody else. That's my only thing. Fair enough. All right, what about this one? See if we can do this a little quick. This one, yeah. this one, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. This one is kind of an, an expansion of a deal that was already rumored. Um, but I do think it might be slightly unrealistic because I don't think it makes the most sense for one of the teams involved. But uh, it's a three-team trade again. Also, Miami gets Colin Sexton, Jared Vanderbilt, Marcus Morris, and Norman Powell. The Jazz get Duncan, Deadman, a first, unprotected, and a second from Miami. Um, I believe that second is a 2026 second. Um, and then Lowry goes to the Clippers. Okay, so then the Clippers would be the one basically just getting shorthanded because they'd only get Lowry. Well, so this is essentially the same trade that I told you prior, as far as mm-hmm. compensation, like Heat and the Clippers. Like, I give you Lowry, you give me, instead of Covington, it's Morris and Powell. Um, that that part, I don't think is completely unreal. That's not crazy. It's the, the Clippers have interest in Kyle Lowry. Um, that's just the simplest made way to make that trade work. They get Lowry, and, you know, we get it's most likely Marcus Morris and then one of Luke Kennard and and um, Norman Powell. It'd probably be Norman Powell, I would assume. Um, from mm-hmm. the perspective, Luke Kennard does give you the shooting. He does have a Duke connection, uh, but the defense isn't there. Norman Powell will give you shooting and defense. Um, a little Bruce Brownish in his game, like he's he's small. I think he's like six three, six four, but. He, you know, you can you can play him, and he can you can play him up on like a four if you need to, um, mm-hmm. and he rebounds pretty well for his position. Um, where this trade to me gets a little bit unrealistic um, is with the Jazz, and it's the addition adding Colin Sexton to the trade. Um, it doesn't seem like they're unwilling to trade, but Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, it seems like the Heat and the Jazz have had conversations about Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I believe it was Vanderbilt and, and Rudy Gay. Was that the trade, Robert? Was that the one that that? Uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, that was the one uh, that they that they had rumored. Um, I've also heard of uh, Vanderbilt and Kelly Olynyk. Um, but 
for a trade like that, supposedly the Jazz want two first-round picks from the Heat. That mm-hmm. do it. So that's where I'm saying if you throw in Colin Sexton, um, one, they just signed him, and two, um, you know, if they're asking for two for that deal, I would assume that a Sexton package probably starts at three, which is outrageous. Um, I just, I just honestly, I don't think that it's. A, I think it's a trade that makes sense. Um, I just don't think it's one that can, you know, come together. Um, now I got one more for you. This one is it's technically two trades, but sort of like it's two separate trades. But the idea is the same kind of thing, one transaction. I think these these actually make sense. These I think make perfect sense. Um, However, I do think they're unrealistic because one team's stubbornness to uh, give up. <laughs> um, I'll get this out the way. Uh, one of them, he trade Lowry to the Clippers for Powell and Covington. We've talked about that already. Um, but here we go. Another three-team trade. Miami gets Jeremy Grant. Portland gets Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. The Jazz get Duncan, Dwayne Dedman and the first, unprotected. Um, okay, so I like I like Jeremy Grant, but, um, damn, I want to see, what has he done uh, this season? He's been pretty good. You, you look it up, I'll kind of like just talk you through the logic of this one. I think this trade makes perfect sense for all the teams involved. As we said, it's kind of like in a, uh, the, the, the heat Jazz aspect of it is kind of an expansion of of something that's already been rumored. But for Portland, mm-hmm. we we know that. Look, they are here. They keep saying that, yeah, we're going to build a contender about around Damian Lillard. That's why they signed Jeremy Grant. They're thirteenth in the West. They're not very good. Um, Jeremy Grant is an expiring contract at the end of the season. You don't have any assets. You don't have any picks. You don't have any anything. You don't have any good young players that you could trade. Um, if they're insistent on building a contender around Damian Lillard, the only way you're going to do it is just kind of like upgrade your roster as a whole. So where I have Jeremy Grant, like that's cool. But I, if I can turn Jeremy Grant into two players, Beasley and Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt can give you the defense and rebounding that Jeremy Grant gives you. Um, Malik Beasley will give you the scoring that Grant gives you. That's the kind of that's the kind of thought process there, as far as uh, Portland. Yeah, I, I like I like I like this trade actually. As a matter of fact, it looks like statistically he's having his best season uh, ever. Actually, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah he's, he's putting up. Well. Yeah, playing really well. Twenty-one a game, shooting around fifty percent. Yeah, he's playing really well. I, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, even if they don't trade him this year, I think Jeremy Grant could be a player um, that he target in the off season. Assuming, I mean, they might do it anyway, regardless of whether the Heat make a trade or not. Um, but I, I think I think he, he could be a guy. Look at supposedly that he had interest in him. Uh, I believe it was this off season, but you know, that's what what the what the Pistons were asking for him was not really 
uh, realistic for a, a team of the, the, the Heat with the Heat aspirations. So it didn't really work out. But they also had, didn't they also have interest in him when he was a free agent, Robert? I believe they did. Yeah, they did. They're trying to sign but him. They did not. Yeah, they tried to sign him, but it was one of those they weren't. You know, they, they believe that, but I think they were trying to get him to come on the um, mid-level exception, which again, not really realistic at that point in time for him. Yeah, I, I would say I like this this Jeremy Gant trade, and then the one for Rozier and PJ, especially considering, like you're saying, those are the more realistic possible. Um, achievable type of trades. Um, I probably I probably lean towards the Terry Rozier, PJ Tucker uh, three team trade though. I like I like the idea of getting the scoring ability from Rozier, and then PJ. Oh shit, PJ Washington also is, um, can score and he can also play alongside Bam. I think that's something. Like I said, that's something that would like immediately upgrade our team and make us a lot better than where we're currently standing at. So I definitely like that. Definitely, definitely. All right, so I think I think we uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have some more trade talk by Sunday because what will be at that point what like less than five days away, so yeah, we'll see how February is the trade deadline. Yes, that is a week tomorrow. Yes, so we'll probably do that, and then maybe next week we might just because we'll probably have to our show will be like right after the trade deadline. So you'll you'll hear it on Friday, but we'll probably have to record it right after the trade deadline. Um. Guys, I don't know. Why don't you stop the form after the deadline? We can do a deadline day show. Yeah, that's a Thursday. Is it a, just, oh, yeah, it is a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We'll do it right after that. Yeah, we can record it on deadline day. Go here Friday. You're right. Yeah. All right. So I'm assuming y'all don't have any final thoughts because it's literally when we're recording this, it's usually the middle of the week. Hello. Fight the power. Right. Sure. Uh, I, uh, we already talked about the heat. I don't think there's anything else I have to say, Brandon. Anything else you got to say for you? Don't want to go. You don't want to give you a little uh, dissertation about uh, Heat fans. No, we already kind of gotten over it. I, you know, you, you, in a sense, you kind of spoken as those Heat fans, and I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I took on the spirit of uh, Heat Twitter. Yeah, you did the spirit of Heat Twitter. So, like, what, what more really could I say? Like, you know, there's really, there's really nothing else to say. I mean, well, well, to be fair, I'm not trying to like fire Pat Riley like most Heat fans are. I think that might be a little difference. Yeah, well, I mean, they're trying. They've been trying to fire him and supposed to fight the last like four years, even though they keep winning. So I really don't know what the hell's wrong with these people. I'm losing. I don't know. They might. I don't get it. I don't get it. They might been spoiled because they don't. They don't do. I mean, they really don't act like this with the Dolphins. I see them giving ready to give Chris Greer every chance they can. So I don't know. Not me. Not you. I know not you. But no, that's all I got. So this has been another episode from the Scorekeepers Podcast. We will see y'all on Monday. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend. Go crazy. We out. This has been another five-star production. Come here, they come run, 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 run with the drum, bum, bitty, bum, slump in the trunk. My city go dum, 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 151. Rum in a blunt, young nigga, num, num, num. And he got a little gun, a little bitty killer really doing it for fun. Give him a little bitty, he'll get a nigga done. Son of a guy, son of a bitch.